Bienvenidos a la Chicana Mother Work Podcast. This is Cecilia, Christine, Judy, Yvette, Michelle from the Chicana Mother Work Collective. We are a collective of Chicana PhD mother scholars, artists, and activists. The Chicana Mother Work Podcast aims to create a communal space for dialogue that sheds light on how the labor of mothering can be a transformative act within academia and beyond. Porque sin madres no hay revolución. Chicana Mother Work is intergenerational. Chicana Mother Work means carving space. Chicana Mother Work means healing ourselves. Chicana Mother Work is an imaginary. Chicana Mother Work makes our labor visible. Our labor is our prayer. Our mothering is our offering. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Chicana Mother Work podcast. Today we have um, Judy and Christine, and this is Ceci. We're going to be talking about the Decolonizing Parenting Challenge. And this is a challenge that you can find on Instagram if you search decolonizing parenting. And um, my son's therapist actually told me about it. And I thought that um, I asked Chicana Mother Work if they would do it with me because I think it just helps to have that group support and accountability. And I really like the challenge because this podcast, uh, the challenge is run by um, black women and I think still so many parenting resources are white centered. So I thought when I just saw the description, I just wanted to do it right away. Um, so today we're just gonna talk about um, our experiences with the challenge and uh, other strategies that we've tried with our kids because this shit is hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and we're trying and we're learning all the time. So who wants to share first? Julie um, said she did the challenge and I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so actually, thank you, Ceci, for um, inviting us to it. I'm always like, oh, I don't have time to journal. And I always admire you for always journaling and writing wherever you go. Um, I used to do that when I was little. I, I still have my diary. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll try it out. And I even bought a little notebook. Uh, a small one to try it out and I think it's um the first one the first mission we're on what uh, mission six but we're all in different spaces right with different different ones I, I just finished mission one five and they give us three days to accomplish them so they make sure to give you enough time recognizing that we, we do get overwhelmed with our everyday lives um, so I actually was behind by mission I was behind with mission three four and five and I did them all just this Monday um, but it was it was helpful. Um, I really enjoy it. It's sort of really making me think about, you know, the work that we do and we say we're ABC and yet we don't really show it with our kids because we, we become so tired, so drained by the end of the day that sometimes we even I and I will only speak for myself. I, you know, I sometimes I could feel my frustrations um, being taken out of my children. So I felt like I need to do this to um, and, and it's been really good because it not only um, allows you to to sort of reflect on on why it is that we get irritated why what is it particularly that we get irritated by and it makes us write it down and reflect on that and dig deeper right instead of just saying i'm just tired or you know i need more help or i just had a bad day just what particular thing is sort of uh, agitating you or irritating you or you know um that happens and i think and then it's the why right it's a uh, why why do you think that's kind of 
disturbing you that so it's been really helpful so thank you Ceci and it's nice to um, share with all of you and I know that we're all in this together in terms of like if we're behind it's because that's part that's part of it right it's it's realizing that sometimes um, it, it's okay to be behind and then just go back to it later um, and I love the affirmations of the day at the end of it it's it's really good I always yeah. have a hard time because we're so good at at like sort of pointing out the bad things the negative things so when people start telling me like you have to be you have to have more affirmations i'm i'm not used to that right to to affirming things and i really love that 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 they're teaching us how to do that yeah i really like so in the email for the challenge um they send an affirmation with with each email that they send so the affirmation for for the very first email that they sent um it's the affirmation was I am blessed with patience and understanding. I maintain control by pausing before reacting. And I really like that affirmation because um, that's something that I've been trying to be more conscious of and being more intentional of practicing what this email and then um, There's also uh, Dr. Tima, who she she has a podcast and I love all her podcasts. She's a black woman psychologist. She's also um, spiritual and incorporates spirituality into her practice. And she calls the pause the sacred pause. And that really helps me try to reframe um, that space between, you know, something that happens and then my reaction, especially uh towards even towards even myself but also um aloncito christine what about you um i haven't done the challenge although i signed up for it but now i'm like okay i need to finish late Ceci guided us through it because i was asking Ceci, i mean y'all probably already know is the book warm and she like reads everything and anything that's like badass so she's like my fucking our library literary because <laughs> i'm like and then she's really posting about them online and since we follow each other um i asking sexy questions like wow what do you do for this that you've been really building deep into her like into like liberate like liberatory like parenting um and so she's like let's do this let's do this challenge so i think what I'm gonna do now I'm on my way to Fort Collins is what you did, Judy, buy a journal just for that. Um, just for that um, work with that, the, the decolonizing parenting because I've been trying to be more conscious of how I respond to Hanitio. He's at this point six years old, um, freaking brilliant. He's freaking sarcastic and smart, right? So like all our kids always asking to negotiate and hustle us. <laughs> And so I'm so tired by the end of the day when I pick them up. Um, and yeah, and, and I, I don't, I'm not as good at pausing and, and thinking, why, why, what is it triggering within me? However, the other challenge I'm doing along with Ceci has been a journaling challenge. I am not the best journaling person. Like I do not keep that consistently, but um, I've been starting, I've been, I think I'm on day 12 today or 13, I can't remember of every morning get up in the morning and just reset because i'm not currently in therapy and a lot of things have been coming up for me in terms of like not only my parenting but i'm in the process 
of um, accepting loss um, in terms of like my body weight because I very like I had a really um, I had a really difficult transition not difficult but a challenging transition from you know post PhD to a postdoc and so I was I was not eating well I was rushing everywhere and so my body started to respond and I know it it has a lot to do with how I was not taking care of my body and there's a loss that I'm in the process of that I'm going through and I know it's like I'm losing things that don't suit me and that also includes um acknowledging like the absence of certain people like my father like my, my papa right like his his constant battle with Ill, an illness that it's really debilitating him but that's also a loss for me like I I'm, I'm in the process of that. So what this journaling has done for me is allowed me to reflect on that every morning and try to do the best I could um, to take care of myself, my physical self and my spiritual self, um, but also like how I respond to my son. So that's been helpful. But man, when you're in the middle of doing this work, like your own shit comes up. So I'm working on that and, and I'm encouraged by hearing you all more and more like, all right, I, even if I'm going to start with day one, I should do it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you have been already doing, I get a, a challenge in your own way. And, oh, we, I know we have, when was it? Was it last month that we had like a parenting check-in and then we both cried at some point? <laughs> <laughs> it was so amazing. Yes. And I love you, Ceci. Like, I, yes, we both cried at some point. And that was super helpful because I was struggling. I can't even remember, like, the struggle I was having with my field because I was able to move past it by talking to you. Like, you're so great. And this is what some people do, like, in parenting groups, like, or, like, workshops. They have, like, a parenting person they check in with. And it was awesome. I don't know if you want to talk more about that, Ceci, but for me, that was so, like, liberatory. Like, honestly, it was amazing. Yeah, I think probably because, like you said, the parenting our children and why we get triggered by certain behavior from our kids really does go back to our childhood. And I know a lot of, like, um, con what they call conscious parenting, nonviolent parenting, it's all about that. And then actually doing that work for yourself it is just the hardest work ever because probably for my most of my whole life i haven't um even asked yet even know how to ask those questions of just like what does my own inner child need while also taking care of the child i have now <laughs> and yeah. realizing that there's so many things that I never got from my parents, even though they bid, they did the best that they could, obviously coming to this country as undocumented immigrants, just being very poor, trying to survive. And, but there was also alcoholism in my family and abuse in different ways. So it was very hard for me to, um, you know, just the denial is just, in a way, just like a coping mechanism that you don't look deeper into your past. And then, but part of that denial is like, you don't get past a certain point of 
self-reflection and making changes in your behavior. Um, or sometimes realizing like, you know, getting upset at your kid because they're having some emotional reaction. And then I'm realizing like, oh, I was never comforted whenever I had like an emotional reaction. I never got that. So when I, then that's why I feel like, you know, angry or frustrated when I have a situation, you know, with my kid and and it's really coming from there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's why I've been doing the um, a 12-step program. Um, actually, two. So I've been doing Al-Anon and this other program called ACA, or ACA, as Christine calls it. <laughs> <laughs> and... ACA stands for Adult Children of Alcoholics. So I think ACA or ACA, it's even more, um, it's so powerful because that program specifically talks about um, having a relationship and healing your in, with your inner child and also becoming and reparenting re, and then um, being aware of like the inner critical parent, that voice that's constantly like criticizing Mm -hmm. you and then replacing that with um a loving inner parent so i just i love that program i always jump on they have online meetings and i'm always trying to jump on those calls when i can yeah it's a free program um it would i learned recently that uh the 12-step programs um were influenced by carl Jung, the um psychologist and i love carl Jung because he he's the one who does like who uh theorize like shadow work and dream interpretation and like myth and the collective unconscious and you know he's a white guy but um you know i love all that shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my, i think my therapist he hasn't identified as being like a youngin or like influenced by that philosophy but he's also always like very much into uh dream work so maybe he is inside i don't know <laughs> but but i think uh yeah so these programs have also been helpful and that all so the challenge and like al-anon and aca and therapy and getting support from chicana mother work and my other friends it's just books like I've read a lot of books or I try to and it's just like I need I want just resources and help and support because I do think that this work it, this is like the work I envision of part of the work of revolution right like revolutionary mothering you got a mother work like I really do believe that Yes, and I think the challenge also, um, this idea of how to, they really make us reflect, and I think a lot of times we use the term reflect, but we never really know how to do it, for me particularly. <laughs> um, and this has been helpful, like just the, going back to one of the missions, the mission number two was, uh, you know, what sort of uh, annoys you from, from your children's behavior. 
And so they make you break it down. So what was, give me an example of a situation, for example, right? And so I felt like one of them was, you know, they're not listening to me. I have to repeat myself over and over. Um, and so I feel like no one's listening. So they make you, they ask, you know, one of the challenge was what triggered you? Um, what did you feel? And so they asked us to list it down. So I felt like as I was writing it, I'm thinking, okay, I felt ignored. I felt frustrated. I felt disrespected. I felt unheard. I felt powerless. And after writing that, I think about like, I wish my parents would have, you know, acknowledged this. But then I thought like, oh, this is how my parents get treated in society, you know? And so that was like a, a sort of a, a rude awakening of how they, they were sort of facing facing the same things that I face um, as, as society, how they, they get treated too. So that sort of made me reflect on that um, as well, that even, you know, we talk about, we didn't have that with our parents. They didn't have that either with their parents. And so it just keeps on being passed on. And so that's where I want to sort of break it. Um, and that's what they talk about in the challenge, the breaking it down. And then the fire that they talk about, right? Feel, identify, relax and reflect and empathize. Um, and this is the one that we talked about in the other podcast that, you know, um, with, with Christine. It's a quote that they said, we cannot raise children that challenge the status quo, but don't talk back or try to negotiate with us. That's where I felt like, oh, okay, it's okay that, you know, for example, Lunita, she comes with some good comebacks or like, well, what if we do this, you know? And for me, as growing up, that was like a cachetada right there. Like, don't talk back to me. Don't, you know, don't question what I'm doing. And, and so it's true, like we're, we're teaching them to speak back and to negotiate and to find sort of an in-between for both of us. And my mom would immediately think that that's disrespectful, you know, la vas a dejar que te habla así. Um, and so that's something that I had to sort of say it's okay, that that's the way I, we're, we're, we're working it out where she does have a voice and she does, she has the right to express herself and, um, and she shouldn't be quiet or not question or silence. I think that's, that was me growing up. Like I didn't question authority. I didn't question um, education, you know, the teachers, right? They were always right. They were always right and be respectful. That was something that our, our parents ingrained, right? Uh, uh, respect, respect your elders. Um, and now we're realizing that sometimes we have to um, respond back, right? When we're being treated wrong. Um, and so that was, that was helpful for me. Another one that yeah. they, uh, do you want to add? Sorry, Christine. I wanted to build on that um, yes. uh, and something you said about, can, is it okay? Yes, go for it. Okay. This is Christine, by the way. Um, and so I know we all have beautiful, sexy voices. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to add on what, uh, on what Judy was saying is I recently um, finished listening to a podcast from, um, I think it's called the Six Minute Sex Talk podcast. And um, there was an interview with a woman who's done work on here in West, not West Colorado um, through the University of, of, of Colorado, um, in the West part of Colorado. I wish she was closer, but she's not. She's somewhere further far from Denver. But um, she was saying, like, that's a really important tool is uh, supporting your children to speak up and speak back, right? Because mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, um, because children are not are taught to be super like listening to all what the adult wants to do or the adult says, they have a harder time in their agency to to actually like um, avoid sexual like um, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
comes to the sexual abuse. And so I thought, fuck, like, all right, like, it's okay that Honey Teal talks back sometimes, but, like, how do I re- reframe it, right? Like, hey, I don't like you talking to mommy like that, right? Like, I don't like yeah. it. It makes me sad. It makes me angry. But then he has that tool, right? Or our kids, we like to think our kids have a tool set, right? Because, like, when somebody is really pushing against something that makes them uncomfortable, um, that they can speak back, right? So anyway, building on that, and I think we can put it on our show notes, like the link to that one episode from um, the podcast, but also there's another link to this woman who um, teaches these workshops and teaches parents to talk about, you know, sex and your body. And she she wrote this bo- this book um, with her brother as an illustrator to talk, like to teach kids about who's the boss of your body, right? And it's them. They're the boss of their body. So just to kind of do a little plug, right? Like this is also related to like helping your kids um, have the voice um, to be like, fuck that. You don't touch me, you know? Like this is my body and teaching them because they have this skill to talk back. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me of what you're saying, right? And I think you mentioned in other podcasts like uh, Sex is a Funny Word, the book you bought for your kids, Judy. Mm-hmm. You, somebody gave it to but me when I got pregnant. Oh, really? Okay. I think it yeah, was Yvette. Yeah, you, you're the one that, it was Yvette? It's a oh, really cool. good book. I just started reading it with Luna. Yes. Oh, wait, which and book is it? Saying, like, Sex, Sex is a Funny, is a funny word? word? Yeah. Yeah. Sex is a Funny Word. And then I'll, I'll once I park and fit, and I can pull out the information for the other book, Who's the Boss of My Body? Um, who's or I'm the boss of my body I can't remember I'm I'll get that for us too but yeah um, this woman who's been an expert working with these children who face sexual abuse um, says that it's really important to start talking to the kids about their bodies um, and all and give those different tools as, as early as learning when they learn this language like it's so important that they know right away you know like and we don't have to be explicit we don't have to go into detail, but she provides the tools to talk about that. And I think that for me is like, oh shit, rude awakening because um, I was not raised like that, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, you don't talk back to your parents and then you don't talk about sex or your body, right? Or sexuality, yeah. which is like a big no-no. I'm like, no, no, we should talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Judy. No, yeah, and you brought up uh, this. Uh, it goes back to within our culture and respect, right? We were raised to um, a form of respect is to hug people that come to the house, even though we've never met them, we've never seen them in our life, but somehow they're our family members, the theos, the theas, right? And so, part of our culture is we embrace that, right? Having families that uh, from everywhere, and you know, having that sort of bond, even if you haven't seen them for years, but. Uh, as children, we don't understand that. And I think that was one of my things prior to me even having children, and I shared this with all of you, is, is I, I always felt very uncomfortable hugging people that I never knew. And it was, I was forced, like, abrazalo, no seas grosera. You know, don't be, don't be rude. Um, and so I would hug him, and I felt so, so uncomfortable, right? It felt really uncomfortable. So I knew always that, um, and that's one of the things that they talk about, right? So what are some things that you had as a child and you would want to change it? That was one of the things prior to me having children that I said, um, I don't want to grow, I, I want my, I want to teach my kids respect 
but it, it's it's not going to be through hugging people that they've never seen right i want them to feel comfortable enough whenever we do i love hugs and, and i you know i hug i hug people all the time but i don't want to force my kids to hug the, the same people that i you know i love and i grew up when i have a connection with and make the assumption that you know they should hug them too and have the same connection but they've never seen them you know in their in their lives so some people yeah. Yeah. judge me for that they're like well you're just raising rude um um, and so some, that's something that I, that I have a hard time with my, within my own family that I feel like sometimes my kids do seem rude because, you know, let's say we're in a family gathering and all the other kids hug everybody and my kids are like, hi, you know, I tell them, say hi, you know, be respectful. And as it is, my kids are really shy. So a lot, they come off as rude, um, but they're really timid. Um, so yeah, that's you. Sorry. Um, I think... Yeah, I think part of the challenge. Um, so I think another one of the challenges was like creating um, a statement or how did they call it like a, a mission statement? Yeah, a mission statement and kind of what you're saying about um, parenting mission. Sorry, mission. Statement. Yeah. Oh, the parenting mission statement. Yeah, I like that idea because part of it for me is like how you're saying you were just taught to um, force to just as one example, just hug whoever you were told to hug as a kid, even though you, it felt wrong to you or you felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's just an example of over time, how kids can grow up feeling powerless or doing things that they don't want to do when they don't feel that it's right for them and having just your own autonomy and agency kind of taken away. Yeah. And that reminds, so the mission statement reminded me of, um, I like, um, Actually, part of the reparenting for me is just going to therapy. I love my therapist. Shout out to my therapist. <laughs> and, and what he's kind of, it was through therapy instead of through my family that I learned from my therapist. Like, he always says to me, like, if you have a feeling, just a gut feeling that something is wrong, he said, then it's wrong. Like, it doesn't matter what anyone else says like that's true for you and that's enough to mm -hmm. say no and i think of it in so many instances even like with my family how certain things would happen that i would just feel it would just feel wrong mm -hmm. and but because they're family it's like okay yeah. i'm gonna accept it or even my past relationship so many times that so many things that happened yes. that just felt wrong and it's just like no, but, you know, not trusting myself. So part of my parenting mission statement, it's like, I want to teach my son that if something feels wrong, then it is. And you don't have to justify it based on what anyone else says. Like, that's your own experience. And that will also protect them to um, listen to intuition, right? Mm -hmm. And I was not taught that. Mm -hmm. And I paid, I, I paid the price for that being taken advantage of and mistreated in many ways, right? So I am learning now for myself and then that way I could teach it to my son, right? Yes. Yes, I, yeah, I wish somebody yeah. told us how our body like reacts. I remember feeling really awkward and stiff. You know, growing up as a child, I felt like that hug does not feel good, you know? And I wish, you know, mm -hmm. somebody would have caught that like, hey, you know, are you okay? And that's, I'm very, really good about like, 
catching my, my, my kids' bodies. How are they reacting? Because now I'm able to see sort of the triggers back then for me. It was like my body would tense or my body just froze or it's so stiff. Um, and that, that was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable feeling. So yeah, I think, thank you. I think that uh, makes sense now. And, and, and reminding ourselves, right, that it's okay. You raise your children the way, and then um, allowing your, your children to say that, you know what, we're going to create this mission statement. And I, sh I shared it with Lunita. Um, the kid, the, the two boys were asleep. Um, and it was good. It was, it was good, right? All the things that I wish we could do. And, and, and they suggested that we post it up there on the wall, right? But <laughs> I was like, we'll have it here and we'll oh. read it together. But I have the in La Quiche on, on, our, on, on our board on the, on the wall. And it's, it's, mm. really, it's really nice. And, and my kids, as, as much as I love, I would love to continue reaffirming the Spanish, uh, the fact that Luna could read both the Spanish and the English one, <laughs> I get really happy. <laughs> I was like, yes, you, you could do that. that yeah. So then whenever she's having a hard time, I say, go read it like and, and calm yourself down. <sighs> Sorry, Christine, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, uh, and I think to say uh, that's beautiful. Um, another one that I loved is, I know we know this, we've seen it, we read it. Um, and me particularly, I, I have, I have TVs and I saw like <laughs> some of you guys don't have TVs and I'm always like, <gasps> I have my phone. And so the last mission, mission five was unplug, um, disconnect to connect. Um, and that was like, I know we know that, but it's so hard to do that. And I know that my body was already getting triggered by like the sound of emails from work that it would get so tense oh. that I just wanted to like avoid life and it was hard. And so I think that that was sort of, it brought me back to sort of be intentional with your time, that, that the time that you spend with, with your children. So after a long day, I want to just go back. I usually come back and I'll still do work here. I'll still do emails. I'll still do a bunch of stuff while the kids are running around. And that gets me more tense, right? Because I hear the kids running around and it's just not working out. So at this point, I've learned to say, you know what, as soon as I, I get home, I'm just going to turn off everything, leave my phone, charge it up upstairs and just go play outside. And that's been helpful mm. for me. How about you all? I think one one thing that me and Christine talked about was setting aside time, uninterrupted time to play with our kids, and that reminds me of un, the unplug challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in my son's therapy where my son's therapist uh, sometimes she incorporates different aspects of what we do. Like she'll do like art therapy sometimes and or she'll just do one-on-one -on -one sessions with him. But then sometimes we do just play sessions where she sets, she actually sets a timer for like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then she gave me like a sheet of like, um, kind of like pointers of like how to do like child-led play, which means you just let them um, follow their lead, like comment on what they're doing, like, try not to ask questions because you want them to um to uh just lead the play and just do what they want to do without so much influence of like what we want right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like if they build um a lego tower then we can also build a lego tower or if they're building something that looks cool you can just state like oh that looks like a cool you know 
um, boat or, you know, whatever they're building. And that's been so helpful. And I remember when I was talking about it at one point later with my son's therapist and, and he wasn't there, it was just me and the therapist. Mm-hmm. And and I said, and I started crying because I was just like, oh, I realized that I, for my own mom, I don't even have one memory ever of her playing with me, mm. never. <laughs> and just Bye. that that realization, just I didn't even know that that would make me emotional or it would make me cry, mm. um, because I had just accepted my mom just being in survival mode and just doing what she had to do. But it's just like, as a kid or any kid just deserves so much. And my mom couldn't give me a lot of things, but you know, it's like, I didn't even, I didn't even know, I wasn't even aware consciously that I was missing something like that. Mm-hmm. And how play is the way kids connect, yeah. connect with us. And having that uninterrupted time without your phone or TV or other distractions, like that uninterrupted time, I just didn't realize how important that was until I was doing it in the therapist's office, you know? Um, so what about you, Christine? I know we talked about that on our call, our parenting call. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hearing that from you, from um, going to therapy and people going to therapy I'm like so encouraged right um so when I shared with you a lot of things because our phone call ended up being like at least an hour um one of them was that connection right and so I I, w- I mentioned like oh he wants to like he walks in from after school and I'm like beat I'm tired um and he wants to play swords and I'm like why the fuck do you want to play swords but then and it's like can we play like I think because I wanted to do something chill Whereas he has energia and he's excited that, you know, he gets home and mommy's there. And you're like, oh, that's the way he wants to connect with you. And I'm like, oh, shit. So that really, you know, I was like, fuck, I can't believe, like, I was trying to, like, not do it. And, and I would do it because I'm so tired. And then once we talked it through, I was like, okay, I'm down. Like, yeah, I'm down to connect with Hanitio for, like, 10, 15 minutes. Because then he'll be like, all right, he's over. And then he moves on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So um, we we did that for like a few days. Like he would walk in from after school and he wanted to play swords. And it's like with bats, like like plastic, <laughs> those little flimsy bats, plastic bats. Alan um, um, has plastic um, lightsabers and he he loves the same thing. Yeah. So I'm there trying to I'm like what the, what like waving it around. Yeah. You know what? That's encouraging because maybe I should get him lightsabers now that he's getting into Star Wars. Instead of a bat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a bat, because he's gonna start spring training soon, and that's what's gonna want to use a real bat. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Like that's too violent. <laughs> but that's that's how we connected, and I really appreciated that kind of like that kind of like the reality check, right? Like he just wants to connect, right? And so I just kind of needed to hear that from someone, and I, hearing it from you was super helpful. And there's something else you mentioned um, earlier, Ceci. Then I remember why I I wanted to have this phone call with you in the first place was that Hanifio was having a hard time with a friend at school who would tease him because um, he was getting dropped off by mom or dad or sometimes both of us and we would want a hug and a kiss and then we're like we love you Hanifio and give him a hug and a kiss and he didn't want that anymore and I'm like Mm. questioning him like 
like, where did this come from? What happened? How come you don't want a besito or a hug? And then um, the end, that it was the last day of school, and she told us a friend of his um, was making fun of him in the class because mommy or daddy or both would hug him and kiss him. And, I mean, that fucking pissed me off because I'm like, like what you said, Sissy, I, I think I have my mom. I love my mom, and my mom and I have really worked hard now at my older age to build our relationship, and we have an amazing relationship now. Um, but I also feel like she worked so much that she really didn't get to drop me off all the way inside my classroom to give me a hug or a kiss. You know, my mom had a was a single mom for a long time and didn't have she couldn't connect with me in that way. So that's what I've learned, right? And so this is a part of the relearning part, right? It's part of that loss of letting go of that and like restructuring or how we say it even in our article and carving space to create something new. And so to say that at the end, the last year of school, Hanito shares with Alfredo and I uh, who this person is. And then Alfredo's like, do you remember it was like first or second day of school and um, there was a friend who was crying and he was so sad that his papi like, was leaving and he was following his papi around the classroom and papi would not listen to him and he would not like he wouldn't hold him or kiss him or affirm him that it was okay and that it's okay to be scared for your first day of school. Like papi just kept on trying to leave the classroom. Um, he goes, that's the friend that's that, that friend of yours that's teasing you about that is the friend who couldn't receive the love from his dad when he needed it. And I was like, shook. I was like, oh shit. Like, I didn't, I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was the same person. Like, I didn't, you know, I'm, yeah. we're not going to say names, right? But like, Alfredo was like, he's like, no, mommy and daddy love and love and love you so much we're gonna love we're gonna hug and kiss you if you don't want us to do it in front of your friends okay but just know that 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 we love you and and that friend that's teasing you is because he hasn't been able to receive that from his father you know in that space and so and we just we kind of made we you know i was kind of honestly taken aback and like really proud of Alfredo for making that connection like wow like that's true. Um, but it's also hyper-masculinity, right? It's also fucking really, we're really challenging heteropatriarchy. And, and it's really, it really sucks as machismo continues to fucking shape our little, our little, our little people, our, our, our boys in particular, right? And, and, and especially like men of color. And if this was, this is a, a friend of color, you know, we call them friends because they're little people, but just to say like that really impacted me and how we, we think about you know how we raise these young men like these boys are going to be young men at some point and anyway just a plug like i always laugh at the mouth have y'all seen spider-man spider-verse yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, I love it with the afro latino yeah yeah character the, the and the character. mom who speaks to him in spanish yeah there's that scene where the, 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 the that's a cop right he's like I love you, Miles. Like he uses a <laughs> his um como se llama? The, the thing on the cop car in front of everybody in middle school and Miles Morales is like annoyed and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of that. Like this is kindergarten, yo, not even middle school. Like and I'm like, come on, it's too early for this like machista bullshit, you know? Like I I don't know. 
anyway so just yeah. to say that it remind that 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 was I now I remember now like what the conversation came from it was from that yeah yeah thanks for sharing that story because I think the parenting ourselves reparenting ourselves and I know Judy you have two boys too mm-hmm. Christine has her boy and then I have Alancito oh he actually turned 10 yesterday so yeah very proud and happy we've been through so much but yeah so raising a boy as women of color feminists you know we've been able to access like higher education and be exposed to different kinds of things that our parents didn't have um and but I, I do think of the reparenting is like for me in my context of like reparenting myself and parenting my child but because he's a boy like I also want to how do we like heal masculinity like through our parenting and mothering with our child because it's like this little five-year-old or this kindergartner that was like bullying Hanizio like he already had learned you know he he's like coming from a place of hurt and wanting to like hurt others even though he's so he's so young but it's just like that's how it starts and it builds up over time and I think, um, and I know actually I want to, this is why I want to write an essay about my therapist because my therapist is a cis man of color and um, it's really through my work with my therapist that um, it's really helping me change my relationship to masculinity because the people who have hurt me the most in my life have been men, cis men from like my dad or my previous partners, like it, they've like wounded me the most. And, um, with Alan Cito, I want to change that. Um, and it's like, well, how do we do that? But I mean, I think I'm trying and I'm slowly trying to figure it out. Um, but I think, um, it's constantly challenging, like, the violence that's already just embedded in masculinity and kind of like trying to heal that or undo that really in just any kind of way. Yes. I was listening to the podcast as doctoras that were interviewing uh, Latinx parenting. And then it's, it's one of those where they talked about, um, I think uh, Renee talked about how for uh, as a Chicano feminist, she was talking about how I was prepared to raise that, that girl and then it ends up that I have two boys <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with that and I mm. think uh that's that was for me like Lunita I was she's my first one so I was on her I did this you know you could do anything you could do whatever it is you know we're gonna do it uh together don't you know I taught her all that and with with the boys it's been a little bit hard I never thought that I would have boys too and so it's something that I'm learning through the, as well and it, and sort of changing that, right? Uh, my dad wasn't around um, as as much, and and we were all girls for a very long time. It was my mom and and four girls. It wasn't my younger brother wasn't in the picture till after, as far as my mom had him a little bit older. So I didn't know what it was like to to even have siblings, boy siblings. So all of that, it was it was different, and I'm learning and I'm trying to grow. Um, uh, just to go with that too, I think um, my mom. Um, was a stay-at-home mom and she was uh you know it's it's one of those where it's that guiltiness for me of, of I don't I don't stay at home or I don't want to stay at home because it's a lot of work at home too right and so I remember she tried her best I mean she would sell like um 
what's it called that the makeup companies Jafra and, and you know I don't know the the other ones right so she would hustle like like that right those are some of the things that she would do um so I know that um sorry I was trying to so but I, all I knew is that my mom was always multitasking always trying to do a bunch of stuff and I think that I've sort of taken from that um, but she did make time to sit down with me and color. She'll color because I love coloring. And so I remember those things. And so it is hard to hear you, um, Ceci, sharing like, you know, my mom never had time. And that's something that I'm like, it, it was a privilege for me to, to be able to remember that. And, I re and then I started realizing I don't color with my kids because I'm always multitasking. I'm always like washing the dishes or doing emails. And, you know, you think that um, you buy them all the toys thinking, oh, they should play. You know, I didn't have all these toys that, that they have, right? Uh, they should be fine. But it's true. It's like they don't care about all the toys in the world. They just care about you playing with them with that one toy. And that was something that was hard for me to do. And, and the disconnect, that's one of the things that I try to do, like not even try to clean the, the, the kitchen while I'm talking to them, right? Because that's something I would do back then. Like, oh, tell me how your day was as I'm washing the dishes. And this uh this challenge tells us make eye contact and truly listen um and that's been been powerful for me i think they're even not used to it they're like why are you looking at me <laughs> you know because i'm always doing a bunch of stuff cooking they're like why are you looking at us Mom? they're like what's different yeah like what's what's wrong and i'm like i'm listening to you and they're so not used to that because i'm always and roger always tells me too he's like you're always doing so much shit like you can never just sit down um, that's something that I remember my mom always always doing that I want to change that and I want to be able to um, you know and then everybody tells me like you what you're trying to do too much and I can never say still like I have to do something and and that I think that has caused like a anxiety and stress on me that now I'm starting to like stop you know like relax and I, I share with you guys uh, with you too um, in one of the texts right like I never felt such anxiety and like these kind of like um, feelings I've always been like pretty good about um I guess avoiding them and I think the older I'm getting the harder it is to avoid them um and so now I'm being a little bit more conscious with this challenge it allows me to be like you know what it's okay step back and I, Michelle just shared um uh did you see one of her quotes that she shared about how like we live in a society that is so fast-paced that you have to like the minute that you don't respond to an email people start getting worried like what is it you know um why did they respond back and sometimes realize that you know people got things going on they'll respond when they get you know get to it and i think that's a good reminder for us too because i'm always like thinking like oh my god a student emailed me um i have to email email them back and roger's like it's 11 at night time like you do not have to <laughs> email them back right now email them back tomorrow um so just stuff like that. Um, are we done? Oh, we're doing good. Um, I did want to share though that I just got to campus. Um, I have to go get an Angela Davis book at the library <laughs> before I go to the next meeting. But um, I did want to share that if um, maybe. Judy, can you, or sorry, Judy, um, Ceci, can, can you share in the show notes how folks can access this challenge? Um, and I think it's really encouraging to hear what you all are sharing um, in terms of like, how do we, how do we participate in this kind of like reflecting on our parenting? Yeah, I could share that. Um, yeah, and it's so important, and I think 
just sharing and having accountability and being honest. Um, there's no perfect parent. I think I've judged myself harshly and looking back on it, it's like, um, it's just like, I am, I mean, I've been so harsh on myself that it's just like, I haven't in some cases, like even let myself feel like the joy of parenting. <laughs> I took an echo parenting class, which I love here in LA. And I remember the instructor said that she was just like, Oh, you know, parenting. And that was a word that she used. She was like, parenting can be like joyful. And I remember just like staring at her and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, wow. I'm like, I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, <laughs> cause I'm always like, worried that like I'm messing my you know sometimes like in the worst moments like am I messing my kid up or like I'm not good enough or mm -hmm. other people have it figured out or um you, like I met to I didn't do in this case the best thing but um but when she said that I was like oh shit like parenting it can be joyful like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, I think that's my goal of like, part of my parenting mission statement is just like, yeah, because our time is so precious. And it's just like, just working on myself, like, to um, reframe my thinking to be kind to myself and compassionate to myself. And I'm still learning to even identify my own feelings and look at my, you know, own reactions. And I don't want to just be reactive. Um, I want to take that pause, that sacred pause, and then uh, respond in a way that's like healthier. And um, so that's kind of my, my approach right now. So, and to give, you know, give ourselves permission that no one's perfect 100% of the time. And if we do make mistakes, it's okay, because everyone makes mistakes. And I think in echo parenting, they call it rupture and repair. And like, any relationship is always going to have ruptures, but it's about how we come back together and repair those relationships. And that will just prepare us for like any conflict or challenge in life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So this woman actually has uploaded her podcast on SoundCloud as a resource for parents to talk to their kids um, to avoid sexual abuse. So it's, we'll, we'll provide that information to everybody. Looks for talking to you all. And we're looking forward to hearing from everybody. If you have anything to share, email us at chicanamotherworks um, at gmail.com um, and rate us here um, or anywhere you listen to the podcast. And it's good to talk to all three of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. 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 Please don't forget to follow us on social media at Chicana Motherwork on Instagram and Facebook and at Chicana Mothers on Twitter. And please rate our podcast so people like you can find us. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We want to thank Dr. Marta Gonzalez for giving us permission to use the music of Entre Mujeres Sirena for our intro and Vagabundo from Quetzal for our outro. To purchase our book, you can order it through the University of Arizona Press. And you could find the link on our website at chicanamotherwork.com. If you want to book us for events, email us at chicanamotherwork at gmail.com or for any other question or to engage with us, we look forward to hearing from you. Mama.